Welcome back to the Dead Drop Game News Podcast, your secure download of video game news from across the industry twice a week in under 10 minutes. I'm your host, Matthew Bliss, and I'm changing jobs, potentially changing internet providers. Aussie Broadband, if you feel like sponsoring this podcast, please get in touch. Anyway, for all the stories from today's episode, head to deaddroppodcast.com. Similarly, send your questions and shoutouts for the upcoming community episode to network at deaddroppodcast.com. These are the gaming headlines from the 9th of February, 2023. The Grammy Awards have taken place and the video games have had their first newly created category specifically for it. This one is the best score for soundtrack for video games and other interactive media. And the winner was Valhalla, specifically the composer Stephanie Economou's soundtrack to Valhalla's 2022 expansion, Dawn of Ragnarok. In winning this, she beat out Austin Wintry, Bear McCreary for Call of Duty, not for God of War Ragnarok, and Richard Jacques, Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, and Christopher Tinscore for Old World. I know we all love a bit of Activision Blizzard acquisition news, so I'm going to keep this as short as I can. But it seems that the UK's Competition and Markets Authority has elected to openly oppose the deal. For a little while, the EU has been on the fence with regards to this deal. They've been uncertain, seemingly influenced by Sony, and yet here they are openly opposing it, just like the FTC having sued Microsoft for the Activision Blizzard deal. Specifically, this resistance is about the competition in the market that could be reduced if Microsoft controls a fairly large games division like this. And as you can imagine, Bobby Kotick, head of Activision Blizzard, isn't happy. He has openly come out and said that if a deal like this can't get through, they are not going to be Silicon Valley, they will be Death Valley. This is after there's been many announcements by the UK Prime Minister about the creation of a standalone government department for science, innovation and technology. While the Video Games Chronicle article that I've pulled here and available in the show notes kind of gives this a bit of merit, I'm not sure how successful Big Bobby is going to be throwing his weight around a bit and trying to represent a company that's likely to kick him out once they absorb Activision Blizzard. Now I dillied and dallied about whether I should be covering this topic or not. I do want to respect the subject matter though, both the game and the discussion, so I'm going to cover it as well as I can here. Hogwarts Legacy has released, and of course, as I'm sure we all expected, the LGBTI plus community has come out in support of trans people and against previous statements made by the author of Harry Potter, JK Rowling. The obvious conclusion for many gamers is to boycott, even if the studio doesn't appear to have any direct affiliation with JK Rowling, except for the connection of the IP and any monetary kickbacks that she might get as a result of the successful game sales, which they have been incredibly successful. Reviews seem to sit somewhere between a 7 and a 10. The Metacritic score is in the high 80s, so it seems to be a fairly successful games by all accounts. But we cannot forget the effect and impact that this game and its subject matter can have on the trans community. This has been recognized by some people who are asking Twitch streamers to boycott the game, and they will do this by not streaming it. And as you can imagine, myself and this podcast being fully in support of trans people and against any transphobic comments made anywhere, I would urge you to make your own decision about whether you wish to play this game or not. 
And if you would like to read something which is an incredibly well-reasoned commentary on the release of the game and the effect on the trans community, please check out the article that I've linked in the show notes from Games Hub. It's an opinion piece by Percy Ranson. They are based in Melbourne, and I really think they hit the nail on the head. Do you remember the big Switch Joy-Con drift issue of 2019? Well, Nintendo came out and offered free repairs and reimbursements, but that hasn't stopped a bunch of people trying to start class action lawsuits. And it seems the more recent one that involves children and mothers has been thrown out. And this is due to the EULA that the kids and apparently the parents have signed and agreed to as part of playing it means that they cannot create a class action due to the drift issue. This is a really interesting case actually, as because the minors and their mothers were the plaintiffs, an arbitration ruled that the mothers couldn't pursue a claim. But after saying that minors cannot accept an EULA, they said that the children must be able to sue because they cannot represent themselves. They have to be at least 18 years old. But this has of course been thrown out because the mothers were the representatives of the device at the time and so accepted the EULA on their behalf. Sometimes the law is pretty interesting, eh? In additional Nintendo news, it seems that in its entire lifespan, Nintendo has sold 122 million Switch consoles, which is enough to finally eclipse the Game Boy at 118 million and the PlayStation 4 at 117. Eurogamer specifically mentions that it's been six years and we know that there's a few more to go, so will they get the Nintendo DS and PlayStation 2 in their sights? Or is it going to continue to slow down year on year? We'll have to wait and see on that one. If you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber at any tier, you need to know that in May, the PS Plus collection library is going to become unavailable. These are 19 PS4 games that were made available to PS5 subscribers, and on May 9th, they will no longer be accessible if you haven't added them to your library and if you stop being a subscriber as part of the service. So, if that's you, make sure you pick up all those fantastic games before they disappear in a few months. And now onto the games, and it seems Jeff Grubb was right. We did indeed get a Nintendo Direct this week. Now, this is one of those Directs that has so many games in it that it's impossible to name all of them as part of this podcast. So I'm going to pick out the big ones to take note of, and you can see what you reckon. We saw some more gameplay of Tears of the Kingdom, the new Legend of Zelda game coming very soon. Metroid Prime is being remastered and has been released day of. Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games are being added to the Nintendo Switch online service, which is a subscription service that you need to pay for. Pikmin 4 is releasing on the 21st of July. Xenoblade 3 is getting a season pass and an extra DLC. We saw a little bit of extra gameplay of the Castlevania DLC for Dead Cells, a little bit more about Tron Identity, and finally, Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp is on its way, releasing on April 21st. This is but a fraction of the games and gameplay that was visible in the Direct itself, so head to the show notes and check out the article I've linked that has all the trailers and the gameplay. This one isn't necessarily game news, but the final poster for the Super Mario Brothers movie has come out, and there's been a couple of extra trailers where we can hear some of the other characters as well. As a quick reminder, it will be coming to North America on April 7th, 2023, and of course if you're in another country, make sure you're checking the dates there before you get at it. 
If you're a PC gamer, then Steam Next Fest might appeal to you. Get a Steam account and you'll have access to the week-long digital event, which is running from now until February 13th and gives you access to tons of demos of games that are going to be released very shortly. If you're like me and not too sure what to play at the moment, give it a go. Star Wars Jedi Survivor has been reported as featuring both fast travel and rideable creatures. <clears throat> Apparently this counts as news as well. Bioshock Creator's next game, Judas, is to be released in March 2025. It getting a release window is really interesting, as it's quite far out. The game was originally announced at the Game Awards last year, and if you're looking for the trailer, which looks oddly compelling, it's readily available on YouTube. And lastly, the new Dragon Age Dreadwolf gameplay has leaked, and it appears to be built like a God of War-style combat game. This is a bit different from previous games, and while there wasn't actual footage released, as it was someone in QA that leaked it, you can see a couple of GIFs that give you an idea of what the combat could be like. If you're interested in more Dragon Age content, go and check it out. And that is all we've got for the gaming headlines from the 9th of February 2023. If you like this show, make sure you leave us a review on your podcast platform. For all the show notes, transcripts and more, head to deaddroppodcast.com. Join me every Monday and Thursday for the latest game news, and make sure to tell your friends about the Dead Drop. Stay safe, stay well, and I'll see you here in a couple of days. Mm-hmm.